All right. Under the leadership of Ray Brown on bass, <clears throat> the Ray Brown Trio with Mistreated but Undefeated Blues. I love the title there. June Harris is on piano, Jeff Hamilton on drums. And this is from the trio's August 1984 album, Solar, they spell it S-O-U-L-A-R, Energy. This is Lead Stories. I'm Eutrice Lead, and still hanging in here with a cold, a really bad one at that. And it seems to like me a lot because it would not go away. <laughs> I'm close to the point of taking one of everything. But uh, I do feel I'm getting a little bit better, but it's still here. It is still here. And this is the lesson in life. You have to roll with the punches. You're going to have to just deal with what kinds of cards you've been dealt and do the best you can. So I may cough a little bit today. I may have some uh, residual, well, not residual, it's it's still here in full force, but uh, I'm hanging in. That's the main thing. I'm hanging in with you. Now, we were talking about leadership in this country, and at this time, we see in Washington, D.C., we see in the nation's capital, where laws are made and so forth, we see the very sad condition of where lawmakers are and therefore where we are along with them. They're trying to figure out which way forward. They can't do it. There's a big fight over the speaker of the House position, and people are up in arms about it, and lots of fighting and infighting and carrying on. The thing I want to ask you to keep in mind is that supposedly these are the best people that this nation offers its citizens uh, to deal with the issues of life and law. It, this is the cream of the crop. This is the best that we could do, apparently. And that is a tragedy. I was talking about it in the sense that if nothing else, we should have a sense of pride, such a sense of pride, that we cannot accept substandard leadership. We can't, just cannot. And to be held hostage by a group of people who have all kinds of agendas on the table for themselves and who don't seem to realize or don't seem to care that the nation as a nation, as one body, is looking to them for leadership and it is most desperately needed at this time because so much is wrong. And yet, what do we get? A persistent pattern of self first. It's about me. Never mind you. It's about me. And my personal ambitions, my personal concerns. And those personal ambitions and concerns are about getting what I want. I want power individually. I want to have power. I want influence. I want to control things and people. And this 
is their version of democracy. The problem is that it appears we agree. We the people seem to agree. We're giving them all the slack they need on this tightrope to do whatever they want to do. Just get it straightened out. See if you can sit down and talk about it and among yourselves and come up with a, a solution. And then tell us what that is. So we will know how not only to receive the good news of the survival of democracy, but we will know how to behave now and in the future. The coverage is also misleading because every day it reports the coverage is about the newest gambit that is afoot in Congress and who the main characters are and what they're looking to achieve behind the scenes, especially. And the nation <clears throat> is supposed to just keep going on. We are strong. We are a strong nation. We can deal with adversity. And we just have to be a bit patient at this time. While they fight, while they are very unclear about what leadership is, and while they don't give a hand about the impact that their shenanigans are having on the people of the United States. It's about them. It's about their personal ambitions. I want this post, and I am not stopping my little, my little mini-war until I get it. Give it to me, and I'll see if I could make peace to some degree. This is abominable. And <clears throat> it begs the question, not of them, we, we don't have to wonder what it is that they want to do in Washington. We see it. It begs us to examine and re-examine what we, what is our role in all of this nonsense? And how do we, the people, protect not only our interests, but the architecture that goes along with it. This, this whole concept called democracy. Or is it finally to be admitted publicly that all of this is a sham? It boils down to a bunch of people who feel themselves uniquely entitled to power, and they're not sharing. They want it for themselves. However they get it, they don't care. It doesn't matter. But that's what this fight about uh, is about, this fight for power. Undiluted power. There are men who have reached a stage in their lives where basically they have to admit that they've screwed up for most of their lives. They think of themselves as being so brilliant, so gifted, so unique in terms of leadership they can pretty much call the shots. And we, the people, just have to go along with it. 
Don't question it. Don't fight them. Don't make a big fuss. Just go along. You'll see in time. Because, you know, the people are slow learners. So it will take some time for them to get it. But, of course, it doesn't take time to understand where this so-called new leadership, where they're coming from. And it is downright terrifying. They're willing to do anything, including destroying their own country, to have a personal grip on power and money and the ability to own both. These are not patriots. These are not high-minded individuals. These are selfish, under-educated, believe it or not. They have no idea where to find the gem of democracy and how to help shine it anew. They have no intention of sharing anything. It is to be all theirs. They've been raised like that. And the people, and I I must say, I'm very disappointed in a way. The people are not in the streets. The people are not openly questioning this transition that we have made into a strange kind of government that does what it wants whether we like it or not. We have surrendered our authority. And suddenly we feel inadequate. We can't really, we we, we don't have the power and the knowledge and the expertise and the experience to know how to manage ourselves and this thing we call democracy. It's beyond us. So that's the catch-22. Of course we want change. And of course we have problems with the infighting and the, 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 the thievery that's going on the corruption that's going on. We have problems with it, yes. But what do we do? (laughs) We have no... We have no path to follow. We are at a loss for what's next. And our role, do we take on the responsibility? Isn't that what government is for? Isn't that why we boast about our democracy? Because it is a -a one-of-a-kind system in the world. And it has, after all, it has done so well for all these years. Why is it suddenly that we have come to this proverbial fork in the road and we don't know whether we go this way or that and others don't care at all about the issue. They care that they have some kind of access to power that they can keep and that they can maximize and stay in power for a long time. It gives them prestige. It gives them a steady salary, a steady income. 
and it elevates them above the people in whose name they supposedly are legislating. So I want to turn away from that finger of blame that seems to point in only one direction and look at our our part in this travesty called leadership, political leadership. Why are we not in the streets? Why are we not fighting to protect the games, the hard-won games, games, sorry, that we have won? And why are we not acting as if we understand ourselves to be part of this political process? We are the ones whose good judgment is so desperately needed at times like this. We are the common sense people. We have a group morality about us. We know when things are completely out of hand, but we seem to be doing nothing except just watching absurdity after absurdity occur, acting as though there's nothing we can do. We just have to ride it out. Is that how you feel? We just have to ride it out? Have you not felt within yourself an anger so deep that this bunch of nudniks are in charge and they're running things as they like. They're doing what they want. And we, the people, are suffering the consequences thereof. So that is my question to you today. Have you joined the group that has accepted this? This lopsided version of equation of democracy where you get to shut up and tolerate and put up with and pretend that what is happening to this country is just part of the democratic process? Or have you come to another conclusion about the very nature of democracy as we know it? If so, what is that conclusion? 888-874-4888 is the number to call. Forgive me for my little uh, throat-clearing exercises, but you know how it is when you have a really nasty cold. So this is just par for the course. I'm not dying <laughs> yet. So we just muddle through and we think out loud this concept, this idea. We think out loud today about what it is telling us about the state of affairs with our notions of democracy. 888-874-4888. Please remember that other people would want to chime in as well, so be as tight as you can with your contribution. 888-874-4888. Jeremiah from Harlem, you're on the air. You're on first today. 
Hey, hello, you, Teresa. Um, pleasure hello. to hear from you today. Um, I tuned in a little bit later than usual. I was teaching, um, but I caught uh, your last few minutes of, of comments. And um, my reaction to what you're saying is that uh, we really, really, really need to envision something new. I mean, I'm sorry if that sounds like a cliche or it sounds like a thing that's easier said than done, but what we've invested in up until now has been an abject failure. And when I say we, I mean, you know, the activist community, the people of goodwill, um, however you want to frame that group, people who um, have resorted to lesser of two evils voting as a strategy really have very, very little to show for what we've done. And, um, you know, it seems as though we've gotten none of our demands met. We're just being steered in uh, the direction that the oligarchs and the ruling class choose to steer us in. But as far as our tactics, as far as successes in rank-and-file activism, they're few and far between. I don't mean to sound... Um, skeptical or pessimistic. I really do consider myself an optimist by nature, but I also do think it's important to be realistic. And we do have to address our failures as a community, as a progressive movement, etc. However you want to define our group of people who would like to see change, we really need to uh, reconsider and reconfigure what we're doing at this point, because um, we, we just haven't assessed the situation with any degree of realism. And as the blows keep raining in, um, we don't seem to have any answers. To use a boxing analogy, we're, we're out on our feet. We're knocked out, and we don't even know what's going on. I mean, they're literally people, you know, they're talking about making new communities as, as much off the grid as possible. And I'm not prepared to do that. At this moment, I wish I were prepared to do that. But there, you know, there are people literally saying, you know what? We failed in our attempts to steer the society in the right direction. We need to start just literally building communities that are as off the grid as possible. Is it, is it important for such an admission to be publicly made? But we have failed in our part. We, the people, have failed to keep a check, a close check, on where the leadership is going. And we now have to double up the speed, to make up the speed of transfer, transformation that we've been talking about for all these years. And here's the, the proof right in our face. It's not working. So what do we do? What is our obligation now? Yeah, what is our ab obligation now? I mean, I think our obligation is to take care of ourselves as well as possible. I'm sorry to sound selfish. I don't mean to um, to promote selfishness as a virtue, because I really don't believe it is, but um, being overly idealistic is also dangerous. So I think, you know, everyone needs to take stock of themselves, put their health first, don't, don't sacrifice yourself in a way that's detrimental to your health. Try to lead by example and try to be economical in your, in your efforts, um, not to say economical as a euphemism for lazy. I don't mean that at all. I mean, we have to continue to work hard and, and uh, <clears throat> to keep somewhat of a militant mindset, a disciplined mindset, perhaps is a better word, but, um, but yeah, we, we need to, we need to take inventory and reassess and regroup and really focus on collaborating with like-minded people and, uh, you know, being concise in our efforts, you know, not being too broad or in some cases don't be detrimentally inclusive because as we've seen, the, the progressive movement, quote unquote, is also very prone to infighting.
some people would say, well, I understand what you, you putting forward here, but what you actually are preaching without attaching the actual label to it is defeat. Oh, uh, yeah, you know, I hate to be a defeatist, and I don't consider it defeatism per se. You know, sometimes when you uh, take a step back, you can reconfigure things in a way that creates a new outcome or a new reality that maybe is something that you didn't dream of in the first place, but can be quite positive and quite productive. Sometimes things don't go according to plan, but other very interesting things happen. And, you know, and it's not a bad thing. So, you know, I think it's a good time now to, um, to, you know, connect with farmers, with people who are engaged in sustainable projects and are, you know, considering sustainability and self-sufficiency. Um, it was a good time to learn new practical skills. You know, it's a good time to learn more about, farming about mechanics um you know practical skills to empower yourself and your family you know we have to be very adaptable thinkers in this in this situation we find ourselves in are you personally worried about where the situation finds us at this moment Yes, I am worried, Etrice, and I'm worried, first of all, for my kids. Um, you know, being a father puts a whole different spin on things. And, um, you know, I, I hate to be a doomsday kind of guy because it's really not my thing, but I am, I'm actually worried as a father of two young children, five years old and two, that my children are inheriting a world that's not quite worth living in. I'm worried about that. I'm worried about them being so under surveillance and so under external order of various orders of compliance that they are not human beings in the sense that we had previously considered, you know, to be the definition of a free person. Wow. Thank you. And honestly, you know, like I said, my oldest son... There's some harsh stuff you're talking. And I'll say, you know, one thing that's really scary, you, Trice, and, you know, sorry, you know, again, don't mean to be a negative person here, but I can honestly tell you, with my older child being five years old, I am concerned about my children in ways that I didn't imagine before my five-year-old was born. Like, I had other concerns or another vision of what I would be concerned about, and now with two young children actually here on the planet that I'm responsible for, all sorts of new things have happened that have made me concerned in a way that I wasn't expecting to be. Like, I, it's, a, it's a new array of problems now. Could you give us some insight into perhaps a little portion of that? Um, yeah, you know, for example, the whole discussion of, you know, I'm very upset that my son was masked in preschool for two years in a row with no, I mean, he's in kindergarten now. So he did two years of masked preschool, which I think was detrimental to his learning and detrimental to his health. Um, you know, there's, there's this whole thing of adding the COVID shots, which have been proven to be disastrous and ineffective and dangerous. They're, they want to add that to the childhood schedule. And it seems to be this notion of, hey, just whatever we tell you is the next pill you take, the next injection, mm -hmm. you just go ahead and do it. And I don't think medicine should be done in that manner whatsoever. And I don't think medicine of that nature has a good track record. But we're just it just feels more and more like we're just supposed to be these managed biological beings who are just given our next instruction of whatever medical apparatus or medical intervention they propose. You just do it unquestioningly. And that just strikes me as so dangerous and is something that is not going to have a good health result. Jeremiah, thank you so much for getting us started in the right vein and the right attitude today.
Thank you so much for thank you, Eutrice. Thank helping you. Helping us shape this discussion we, we are we are trying to mount among ourselves. Thank you. Eight 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 seven four four eight eight eight. And John from New Jersey, you're on the air. How you doing, Patrice? Um basically Patrice. I just want to say I just want to say this. It's it's about time for us to revamp the Constitution. We need Constitution amendments. We need to change the way this government is being run. And we're not going to be able to do this, hear me out, unless more people move to the smallest states and we change the Senate because it's going to take two-thirds of the Senate to make a constitutional amendment and two-thirds of the states. And what the Republicans are doing is they're going to the smallest states and they're making them Republican states so that they get two senators, and then it's very difficult to get anything passed in the Senate. Now, look at Texas. Hold on, hold on, hold on, John. First, you need to turn off your radio because we're getting immediate feedback and it's diverting attention from what you were saying. All right, well, give me one one second. I have to do that. You have your one second. Go right ahead. Oh, where did John go? John, we're having a... Technical Jack challenge with you today. Line, John dropped. Okay. John, you dropped out. So we'll move on, and hopefully you can scramble and get back in. Jackie from Brooklyn, you're on the air. Hi. Good afternoon. Can you hear me? Good afternoon. Look. Uh, talk directly into your apparatus, so we. we yeah, I am. Chris, but um, okay. continue to get better, and happy New Year to you and the family. You. I, I'm Thank calling you in, in, in response to your question or your statement. Uh, I agree with Jeremiah and what John was starting to say, but for me personally, the problem is and I consider myself a fairly informed person, Uh, I don't even know how we would go about, we the people would go about uh, getting change in this aspect. McCarthy and Speaker of the House problem. Surely there must be some mechanism where if the man tries three or four or five times and he's not selected, there has to be a way that they can move past that. Uh, What I think is happening, though, is that the covers are being pulled off of the existing structure and where people, we the people, thought, you know, this is the government, we elect them, and they're functioning, and now we see that they're not functioning, and they're not serving the interests of we the people. Uh, There's no reason why uh, the whole government apparatus should come to a halt just based on one person's refusal to accept uh, the vote of his own colleagues. Uh, I think the point that you raised, Eutrice, this is a perfect demonstration of a paternalistic uh, class attitude that we know what's best, we will stay in control, and uh, we will tell the people uh, this is what we want for you. All of them are protecting their own personal interests as elected officials. Because if they were really about government, uh, they would move past this uh, stalemate and find a way out. The entire process should not be held up. The Congress people cannot be sworn in, and no other uh, action, as far as I know, can be taken while we are in this uh, quagmire. And on top of that, we, the people, don't even quite understand how this happens and how can it be corrected. And also, I don't even know what the Democrats are doing. It seems like they're almost complicit or they just stand by silently and watch, 
you know, while these things just spiral downward. Uh, so that's my that's my take on it. And I think there has to be an entire uh, reshuffling of the government and the um, constitutional guidelines and the procedural guidelines. There has to be an entire change in everything that has happened. And I don't know what else has to come to show us that this is definitely a government that's not functioning on any level. So that's my that's my take on it, and I would I would hope that someone can call in, enlighten me, as well as the other listeners, on what can be done to bypass this problem, and move on with the um, the system of governing the United States of America. All right, feel better, drink your tea. Thank you. But have you? I want to ask you a question before you go. Mm-hmm. Have you considered the? Have you considered the the possibility that what we are experiencing now, this logjam, this crisis, quote unquote, is actually part of the plan? Well, that could be true. I don't have any at this point. Nothing surprises me. Nothing shocks me. Nothing, uh, you know, nothing makes me shake my head. Uh, that is a very strong possibility that perhaps why the other party stands by and does nothing because they want to demonstrate to the people of the ineffectiveness of one party and also to cause um, embarrassment, disruption. You're right. It could be of many reasons. But the issue for us, we the people, we're the ones mm-hmm. that are suffering. You know, while these people are playing out their ego, political, Machiavellian schemes, uh, that doesn't help you or I or people who are in the 61,000 children that are in um, homeless shelters here in the city of New York. That doesn't help them. It doesn't help people throughout the country who are suffering as a result of climate Homelessness. You know, I don't have to give you the laundry list. Everyone that's listening knows what the laundry list is. But the whole news cycle is just consumed with this man, um, McCarthy. If it's not that, it's about the um, the man who was accused of killing the college students. Nothing is instructive. Nothing is helpful. And I can understand why Jeremiah is saying people are considering going into communities completely off the grid because i mean the grid is not helping us and 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 ultimately it may hurt us because look at the issue with the water crises i don't want to start going crises by crisis by crisis because we know what the crises are but we don't hear anyone responding to that and our all our attention is uh, placed on these um, political shenanigans drama and it takes our mind, our spirit, and our, uh, you know, activity away from self-preservation and expecting that the government should function for we, the people, who were, they were elected by the people. I mean, these people... Are, like you personally, are you personally, Jackie, are you personally ready to take a break from business-as-usual politics? Oh, I do a lot now, more than ever, you treats. I'll be 77 on my birthday, and which wow. is next month. And I more than ever, I listen to you. I listen to a few select, you know, programs. And I'm uh, focusing on my home, food, stuff, making sure that I will be able to survive whatever happens and trying to put things in order that I can survive because I think, I'm like Jeremiah, I don't want to sound like doom and gloom, but the reality is upon us, and people don't seem to, maybe it's too painful, or maybe they're so overwhelmed with their own personal issues, they don't know what to do. But even including me, I don't know what to do in terms of this latest government logjam, as you're calling it. I I think it's a little deeper than a logjam, but I, I understand what you're saying. But we don't hear anything in the news about how to survive. What's going to happen? The weather, the climate, the way the climate is, you know, one day it's 60 in New York, and then the next day, last 
10 days ago, it was 7 degrees. Yesterday, it was 58 degrees. So all these things, you know, impact us. But I, I think the first step, self-preservation, finding peace within so you can deal with the, what's going on without, limiting the amount of chaos that you can um, permit to come into your life because chaos does interfere with constructive thinking. And at the same time, we still have to be alert and aware. So I, I don't have any one answer. I can just tell you what I try to do to survive. And I have very dear friends that, you know, for 30, 40 year friendships and relationships and like-minded people. And we lives. but it's just over and over and over again. How much can a body take? I don't know. Well, I have good news for you. You did powerful teaching today. And I'm hoping that people were listening on all the different levels that you were reverberating today because they'll get something valuable out of it. Thank you so much, Jackie. Feel better. Be better. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. Thank Thank you. We'll take this short break and come back to your thoughts right after this. listening to Lead Stories on PRN.FM. I'm Beatrice Lead. Uh, hopefully, I'm on the mend. <laughs> no matter how crazy my voice sounds, but I think I'm on the mend. And uh, taking a real powerful medical treatment here called vinegar. That's right. Whenever we had uh, these kinds of problems when I was a kid, you get it teaspoon, not of sugar, but of vinegar, and you rest a little bit, and you get back in, in good stead. 888-874-4888, as we discuss the moment we're in. It's been coming for a while. We've talked about it in different ways, but it is here. And we can't really afford to look at it simply as a news issue. This is a life issue. And we have been brought to the point of unavoidance. We cannot avoid what we know we have to face. And, of course, different constituencies are dealing with their particular interests in a different way. But the time now is for us to really re-examine what is this thing that we call politics and why are we involved in something so messy? Why do we partake in this when it is clearly not to our advantage to do so? Uh, Obviously, the question inevitably will be, so what is the alternative? This is not leadership. We should be real clear about this. This is not leadership. This is not going to help the vast majority of us. And we really have to get on the, as James Brown used to say, the good foot. You've got to get on the good foot and begin to articulate for ourselves an entirely different approach. We cannot invest 
in a system that is going nowhere except down. And the business of hurry up and wait is not going to work either. The wait has been very long for many of us. But we cannot avoid this monster staring us in the face. And, and pretend that we, we're talking about the great uh, asset that we have as a nation called American democracy. It is not working. And certainly it is not working in, in, this, in, the, same, uh, in the same way that America historically has worked. There are always specific groups of people who are identified as being excess. You, you, you are dispensable. And even though we get the message, we still cling to a system that is so flawed that gives us no hope or very little hope and certainly does not honor the investment, and I use that word, the investment that we have been making as a people for hundreds of years. We can't, we can't but stop, just stop everything and look at where we are and decide that there's got to be another way and that we are capable and we, we are duty-bound to find that other way because there's only one thing that is assured here, and that is if we do nothing, we die. Figuratively, spiritually, mentally, we just die. We can't do that. Brother David from Brooklyn, you're on the air. When I'm getting on late, I don't know what people said before. Uh, but I think I, I'll jump in even though it's a short time. The, the point is that people have to get it through their heads that the people who run the country never intended to have a democracy that benefited all the people. Uh, I don't know how many times this has to be said for people to understand that the system is not designed in any way to work for the masses of people. I don't know how many times I have to repeat it. And it's a flawed from local, state, national level all over. The, the people have to remember that the Constitution was written by slaveholders and people who were willing to tolerate slavery. And uh, when they wrote that Constitution, uh, most of the people did not vote. Uh, why do we think that uh, those who run things, and when I say run things, all those people that we get to practice our so-called quote-unquote democracy work for others? I mean, in uh, the Congress, uh, and they need to do more for neck of uh, uh, studies on how people get uh, get all the money that they have when they go to Congress. The point is, we have to understand uh, and, and do things that do not make it uh, a, a policy of those who run the country just to give out the bones anytime there's a little disturbance. We have to be so aggressive in terms of uh, doing what is necessary to have uh, a basic change in the way this government runs from uh, being an imperial government that's had its tentacles all over the world to one that is involved with doing what is good for the people who live there, and we mean the masses of people who live there, not the one fraction of 1% who run 
just about everything. Can I ask you, Brother David, what is your own personal approach to lifting yourself out of the morass that we have been in politically with the Democratic Party mostly uh, and for political systems that are not designed to help the people who are doing the voting and the heavy lifting? Uh, You know, that's an excellent question for me. Uh, I woke up and I said, you know, when I uh, started to vote many years ago, uh, I was registered with the Democrat Party. (laughs) And then uh, when I went on and started learning things, I unregistered myself. And from that into independent, that's one thing that you can do. If, if you are so inclined that you uh, want to support another party, uh, you can do whatever you can to start a new viable party. And uh, I am not really involved in that. But the point is, uh, for me, uh, with the as a, a instructor of aviation, teaching pilots, and that sort of thing. Uh, what I have done when I uh, was in the classroom, I not only, not only talked about aviation, but I talked about other things and surviving in this system. That's why many of my students are doing very, very well. So the point is that you have to educate people. And when I say educate, uh, what goes on here for most people is not education, it's training. Training. People have to get through their heads. This is to train you to be useful and train you to do things that they want you to do, the ruling class wants you to do. Education is something else, and that involves you being able to think and analyze and criticize and whatnot. They don't want you to do that. They want you to go along with the current system, which feeds money into the pockets of those at the top, and most of the people are struggling paycheck to paycheck. So uh, for me, it was not only teaching about aviation and being an aviator myself, but also teaching all about the system and how it works and how to defend yourself. Thank you. It was worth waiting, uh, but we're over time now, so we're done for the day. We've done our job, but we come back Thank again you. tomorrow and finish it up. Thank you, Brother David, for your call today. Thank you all for your contributions today. And uh, we should pay attention to what you have offered us, and uh, because you're on the right track, I could tell. So we'll come back again to each other tomorrow and continue to talk. Bye-bye.